0: So Halloweeny week, Ooh. 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 I noticed Matthew that you asked for recommendations for hidden gem horror films, and I hope I'm not overstepping my mark if I say, because uh, you're, I'm sure all your followers are lovely, but I saw a lot of them recommending like The Omen and like The Babadook, <laughs> <laughs>
1: very very well hidden gems.
0: Like. <laughs> that's like that's like if you'd been like. Can, can i have some literal hidden gems and someone would have been like have you heard of the uh crown jewels of the united kingdom <laughs>
2: <laughs> bless them yeah i, I mean, yeah i don't know if i overstated ha- that i'm not a big horror guy but like i am a like an average film goer so
0: <gasps> i mean don't get me wrong like they are very good films <laughs> and I loved the energy but it, it <laughs> made me laugh like,
2: The really awkward one is when someone's like Oh you all absolutely love this And then they name something I absolutely hate And yeah. then I'm just like I just lie and be like Oh interesting <laughs> Because I don't want to be someone who just goes around Dunking on the you know, the kindness of strangers
1: Have you seen Dog Soldiers? Yes yeah, Oh, yeah, oh yeah. of course It's about uh, an Alsatian uh, a Yorkshire Terrier and a sausage dog—they have to fight in the Battle of Verdun. It's really depressing. <laughs>
0: Welcome, listener, to this episode 205 of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock, Paper, Shotguns, PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, which is that of Alice Bell. And I'm joined for a Halloween special this week by Werewolf Carlton. Uh (laughs) Yes! He's back, baby!
2: (laughs) We're recording this by the light of the full moon.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. And magistrate worry, so... Judge,
1: Judge Dredd's underachieving younger brother.
0: I was going to say, yeah. Well, but why would you go... If your brother was Judge Dredd, you'd go surely into a different line of work.
1: Well, you know, family expectations. I just wanted my father's respect. He's um, he's a fear QC yeah. lawyer <laughs> and... Um, you know, so yeah, went went into the legal profession, but uh, you know, uh, judge, jury, and executioner all in one man was a bit too much for me. So, yeah. um, you know, b- bureaucrat, and sometimes I punch people.
0: <laughs> and yeah, we're going to talk about the the best dread in in video games. I thought best horror was too broad for us, <laughs> too, mm-hmm. too accessible, you know. <laughs> <laughs> How have you both been good? Because Matthew, you've been, you have been watching horror things. Yes, I you? have.
2: Yeah, I've been trying to watch horror films. I do another podcast, and uh, yeah, no, I know. T- two time on this podcast, I'm you're so allowed sorry. to
0: mention. Like, you can. I think you can say the name at this point because everyone in the Disco- the Discord, which you can join, the link is in the show notes for RPS has a has a channel to talk about the podcast, and it is also now just a channel to talk about the back page. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that page. That's the other podcast I do. And we do uh, we do a, a pop culture episode every month, incredibly broad. And we decided to do best horror films, despite the fact that neither of us are like mega horror buffs. And so I had to put out a rather sheepish tweet last week asking for help, which obviously then loads of people told me to go and watch you know, The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I've been watching horror films. It's quite interesting, actually, because I consider myself a massive wimp, and I, I think Catherine's a massive wimp as well. But she's been absolutely fine. The one horror film Catherine won't watch is Final Destination, mm. which is just so silly. It's just so throwaway, and I think it's just you know because of the accidents. And she was like, oh, I've, "I I don't want to watch these films ever since the first one, which starts with a plane crash because it... You know, it's a really yeah. scary thing that can happen in real life, and I was like, "Well, watch the opening to Final Destination Two because it's like a really, a really good stunt, this car crash." And she watched it. She was just like, "This is horrible. Why would you recommend this to me? Like, <laughs> this is also something that can happen in real life, just a really horrendous <laughs> car crash." And it's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I guess it is in hindsight." So, apologies to her, but like, she she'll shrug off a Babadook, but yeah. like show a dent in the car door and she loses it.
1: Sorry, I really, really hate to be crude, but shrug off a Babadook might be the most like superb euphemism for a wag I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let's just get to shrug off a Babadook.
2: <laughs> well, there we go.
0: I don't think I've ever needed To say I'm... Like, I've never needed a euphemism to say that I am going to. Like, I've never... Like, I I don't think I would ever say I'm just going to shrug off a bad (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, close friends only, really, I guess.
2: It's quite an an obnoxious thing to say and do. exactly.
0: (laughs) In polite company. Just, um, like... Excusing yourself to go to the toilet, but, you know, excusing yourself. Well,
1: family, Christmas dinner's <laughs> been great, but I'm just going to go shrug the bab, yeah?
2: <laughs> <laughs> dear. That reminds me of the classic days of uh, honking your pud back on um, RPS.
0: The days oh, of honk- yeah. h- honking your pud is back, the Have You played to back. Oh, Have You played to <laughs> <are> back. Yeah. <laughs> And now Ed is in charge of honking up <laughs> Oh, he's the,
2: the Pud Honker General, is he? Mean. He
0: is, yeah. That is, I should explain that on, on rockpapershotgun.com, every day we post a little article called Have You Played? And it's about a game that you may or may not have played and recommending to you why you should play it. And because the initials for that are hyp we would always say like can you do your hyps you know this week and that then became a backronym for honking your pud
1: <laughs>
0: i actually never
1: knew that was the origin for honk your pud.
0: yeah and th- and so then we just started saying honk your pud about many things uh and then we stopped Good. doing heavy plays for a bit i say we stopped i stopped being asked to <laughs> mm-hmm. get people to do it um but now the lovely Ed Thorne has started it up again, and so we are once a- again honking our puds with the band well, This is
2: a, a good section for uh, Read Pop HR to listen HR, to.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> They don't listen, it's fine. Ed's such um,
1: a good egg. How's he doing? He's doing very well. <laughs> good. Say hello from me.
0: I will. Okay, well, I'm glad you're watching horror. I've been watching a lot of horror stuff and reading a lot of horror books at the moment as well. Spooky season in it. I recommended one to you, but I don't think you'd, you watched it. Did you? Because it looks too scary. But it was, oh possum. Yeah.
2: No, I didn't watch it. I watched the trailer for it, and then that was just. I mean that was one of the bigger notes from the things <laughs> that people recommended to me.
0: It's actually. I'm going to recommend it this week, so I'll talk about it later. Okay. Um, terrible Nate. Terrible
1: frights territory is
0: it? It's terrible frights territory indeed. Nate, how are you? What have you been up to?
1: I'm good, I'm actually in a little uh, rare spell in between books, so I've been, uh, I've been going hard on goblin cars, I've been playing a lot of Total War, I've been spending a lot of time with my daughter.
2: Shrugging off the Babadook?
1: Yeah, I've been shrugging, shrugging off the Babadook, <laughs> uh, drinking lots of Rio, made a really bad green tomato chutney.
2: Ooh. What was bad about it?
1: Oh, man. Everything. It was just... We we grew a lot of tomatoes this year. And a lot of them were just ready to go ripe right when the weather turned. So we harvested about six kilos.
3: Mm.
1: No, sorry, six pounds.
2: Right, no, I was just gonna say. <laughs> Which, Yeah,
1: <laughs> not... half as much, still a lot. The weight of a human mind. Um, <laughs> and oh, two human minds, actually. Uh, and yeah, just... You know, we thought we'd make this really good green tomato chutney, but it was like really sour and acerbic. So we added loads of sugar, and then
0: we put some rio in. To yeah, a couple it. of
1: cans of rio tea. We, we kept doing things to try and make it nice, but it just all made it just too much. And then the final straw was put. We realised the spice bag we'd put in there had uh, elastic bands round it which cooked to the bottom of the pan, so then all tasted of rubber. And that was when we knew it was obviously unsalvageable. But we don't want to tip it in the garden because we don't want to attract rats. It's ridiculous for a bin bag. We can't just tip it all down the loo. So we've just been quietly tiptoeing around this cauldron of vile rubber chutney uh, Mm. for a few days now.
2: I'd sell it on Etsy as an artisanal chutney. Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
1: Make get a massive glass jar and give it as a Christmas present to someone we hate.
2: But but really upfront about it, call it rubber chutney, <laughs> and then when people are like this taste of rubber, you're like, well, yeah, that's what yeah. it's called.
1: It's Ideal rubber. for cyborgs or those eerie robots that can eat organic matter.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or yeah, you can like put it in little individual jars and put little nice, you know, cloth covers on the top, and then give it to people that you don't like as a present. And then I think this, you can uh,
2: give it to people you do like, because whoever eats gifted chutneys...
0: Yeah. True. i have
1: down, buddy.
2: Oh, our cupboard uh-huh. is just like... You go in there, you're like, oh, this is from 10 years ago. Let's throw that away.
0: Yeah, chutney's very glistening-y, though, isn't it? Oh, so that oh, wouldn't I'm be not a Matthew chutney food. guy at the
2: best of times.
0: I was going to say, yeah. Chutney is just slurry of stuff you don't like, isn't it?
2: Oh, it's like goopy. It's a bit hard. It glistens. It's the works. Nah, they call me the
1: chutster. Love
2: it. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you can give it away because then, if you yeah, if you give it to people you do like, even if they try it, they won't have the heart to tell you that your homemade chutney was horrible.
1: Yeah, but then they'll disrespect my chutney skills.
0: Yeah, oh, we can't have that. Have they that should, but it
2: sounds like they should be disrespected. You a elastic bands into it.
1: Oh yeah, I did a what, job. what skills? I need some time, guys. It's the moment of big realization. <laughs> Yeah. Rip in peace
0: That would be like There'd be a crash zoom on you pulling Bits of rubber out of your chutney on Bake Off That would be a classic Bake Off moment
2: <laughs> Oh but it was quite adorable in Bridget Jones When she made the blue whatever it was
0: Oh the blue soup because of the string Yeah yeah, that
2: was, that was considered charming In a key romantic beat In her relationship with Colin Firth So maybe your rubber chutney could be the same in your rom-com of of your life.
1: My favourite bad cooking moment in a film or on on the screen is hot ham water from Arrested Developments. With
0: a (laughs) smack of ham to it,
1: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hot ham water. I always think back on that because it's actually appealing. Hot
0: ham water. Yeah, I'd like hot that. water does sound something like you'd guzzle in the morning dripping, yeah. instead of tea <laughs> running Grit. through your beard. <laughs> I've
1: developed a really like cool fitness strategy, actually. Um, I was noticing how fast Tally is growing because she's four now and she's really you know, packing on the pounds. So every day I lift her up 20 times and I figure that the weight will get slightly more every day.
0: Oh, very good. Until
1: eventually I'm the Hulk, or as she calls him, Hoke.
0: Hoke Hogan.
1: Oh. <laughs> <Like a laughs> well, I was trying to figure shuck. out. She...
0: Is, your, is your daughter from Devon? <laughs> <laughs> well, she came
1: back from nursery and she said, I really like Hoke. Who's Hoke? He's he's big and he's green. And then we figured it, um, it was the best thing.
0: Very good. Hoke. Hoke. <laughs> i suppose here we go what if you see bruce banner starting to kind of get angry you'd start mm. you'd have a real sense of dread about that because you'd fear that he would turn into the Hulk. yeah yes it's true i'll acknowledge that This week, in honour of Halloween, which is on Monday, and actually I get a bank holiday for, because in Ireland, Halloween is a bank holiday. What? For real? Well, yeah, for real. They respect Dracula's that much. They do, yeah.
2: Is it, I guess, is it a religious thing?
0: I don't think so. <laughs> it's just a fun thing. I, it well, might maybe be it's don't all don't Saints
1: Day the next day, isn't it? Because it's all maybe. Hallow's Eve.
0: Yeah. I don't really I'll, I'll, I'll look into it, but yeah. The day um, off of
2: the Demon Festival. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very odd. Yeah, I get one more bank holiday living in Ireland. I bet
2: bet that makes you really popular with the rest of RPS.
0: Well, it sort of moves around a bit. And actually, this year, I think I've got one less because of the Queen dying.
2: Oh, you had to work. You had to work when you should have been in mourning.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm telling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How could you type through the tears? Oh, it was very difficult, yeah, it was very difficult We were actually on holiday, and we <laughs> and my partner wanted to put on the event on television to just see what it was like. Mm. But I accidentally left like the the window of our um hotel room open, and so like the national anthem of the United Kingdom was like belching out across the hotel. It sounded it's like in Ireland. Well, yeah, quite. Anyway, Dread. <laughs> yes. Yes. Speaking of the royal family. <laughs> hey. hey. um, Yeah, so for Halloween, yeah, wanted to talk about something kind of spooky, scary themed. And I thought we'd niche down, as is our way, and talk about Dread in games. Games that give you a, a sense of Dread, just, you know, on edge. Just,
1: just going to slam dunk Alien Isolation right yeah, into the, uh, the field
0: of view here. Very good, I wondered who would uh who I've is... still
1: not played it, but I've watched like three playthroughs, I'm far too much of a coward. I cannot handle the dreads like mm. the mm. panicky moments where you're trying to like slam yourself in a locker or something fine, but it's all the moments where it's not there yeah, it could be like oh, I can't take that yeah too much
0: because that, like so much in the ship sort of looks like the alien's head. Or like you know, there are there are ducts and there are bits of piping and stuff. Yeah, yeah the
1: environment is perfectly designed. Yeah, and like you know the sort of what are they called like the the pleasant Ronalds or the the everyday Bobs. Those oh, robots. Z-
2: oh, ha- hand, hand something Joe's. Han- Handsome
1: Joes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Handy
2: Williams. Yeah. Useful Barrys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Contributing
1: Terences, anyway. Then, like at first, I was like, "Oh, I, you know, this would be better if I was all on my own." But the sudden, the fact there's movement sometimes really throws you. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I- I mean, so they I- were a good
0: ad. I Alien mean, Isolation. I remember when it came out was one of those ones where the reviews were really interestingly sort of divided along cultural lines, almost because it is, you know, it's sort of a an um, almost asymmetrical stealth game where you spend a lot of time hiding and running away and, you know, on this ship. And people in the UK or the reviewers in the UK really liked it. And, and this is probably a reduction of, of what happened, but the Americans were like, why don't I have a gun?
2: <laughs> wow, it's really? di- the difference between a Brit directing Alien and an American directing Aliens.
1: Well, indeed. <laughs> oh, but Aliens is arguably better
2: I mean, yeah, I'm not saying Aliens is a bad film. That's a No, yeah, but let's,
0: let's, yeah, let's get that out of the way right now. But
1: it's interesting, though, in terms of game approaches, because there's been loads of... Like, if we consider Aliens and Predator to be one IP, because they sort of have become...
0: Yes, agreed.
1: There's been so many like lacklustre attempts at making games. And it was just... I mean, I mean it, you know, we, we know that's the case with adaptations in, in general. And... It was the alien isolation was the same joy as prey was this year, just like a Mm. really good IP that's ninety percent shit. (laughs) Finally, getting a real duel. (laughs) (laughs) Did did you play that asymmetric predator one from a couple of years back?
0: No. No,
1: I I think Catherine might have played it with me. Actually, I was doing it for RPS. That was, I'm not sure why that was bad, but it was.
0: I i sort of thought that Prey, the video game, as opposed to the film, sort of felt like a an alien game to start with. And that maybe it's the fusion, it's the best of both worlds because you get, you sort of get weapons and you get powerful and you learn how to deal with these big monsters and stuff.
2: Too many but- monsters in that one for me. Yeah, I just think yeah the the kind of the, you know it has a couple early on it plays like a horror film in Prey the game you mm. know in terms of you know you have you got the thing the, the the little guys who can look like cups yeah which is a good, good handy ability
0: and you're just like shooting bits and of like chairs and furniture yeah so. that's that's really that's really
2: fun but I think once it introduces like a giant lumbering kind of Titan one and, like, ones which will chase you down a corridor and you're just shooting a shotgun into them. I, I kind of... I sort of lost interest. It went from alien to aliens and the kind of tone, of it, tone yeah. of it changed, but the little guys are good.
0: Yeah.
1: While we're on having a bad time on a space station, uh, or similar, how, how, how do you guys get on with the Dead Space games?
0: M- marginally, I played one and two... They are the sort of games that I have to sort of play in chunks because I get too amped up. Um, I think I liked the 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 start of the first one, and then it all kind of went downhill for me.
1: Do you get frightened, amped up, or excited, amped
0: up? A bit of both, probably. Yeah, I, more more the
2: frightened. I think one's the more dreadfield game. Yes, like agreed. two's two's a bit more like. It's all kicking off it's just, it's really intense sort of it's sort of scary intense rather yeah than, oh god what's the deal but i and I, but I think even as one goes on you sort of learn oh this is everything it's going to throw at me and yeah. once once you have that i i actually have a weird thing in in horror games where like i'm really scared until i die because once i die and you realize kind of what the cost actually is mm. like going back 5 minutes it's like, oh, oh, okay, it's, it's actually okay. Like, it's yes. okay if these things get me. Like, the games are never scarier than in that tiny window where your brain's doing, not, not, the, you know, not filling in the gaps in terms of what does the monster look like, but your yeah. brain is, like, worried about what happens if these things get me. You and
1: momentarily it's... forget you're not mortal.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I,
1: do, do you know about my American football strategy?
3: <laughs>
1: no. So when I get to games Where like I'm getting really Like stressed out By like you know especially like trying to Avoid monsters and stuff mm-hmm. uh, Or I'm finding it really difficult uh, I will just put on audio uh, of a stadium crowd going mad and just start sprinting as fast as I can (laughs) through the area, ignoring everything and just pretending I'm an American football player uh, (laughs) trying to get a touchdown. There are so many games that I have shaved hours off by doing that.
2: Yeah.
3: I'd recommend it.
2: A lot of them do rely on you kind of making the design work by being scared yeah and actually if you just reject it if you reject the concept and go (laughs) i'm just gonna i'm just gonna run through it you realize oh there isn't anything to it but you know tell that to me when i'm like hiding behind a desk for 20 minutes in alien isolation or something like just a big idiot
1: the other thing is people's fear and also people's sort of like fastidiousness about persecution like, people need to, to, to go through an area making sure everything is dead. If you just don't don't care about the baddies at all, just pay them no heed, either fear or, you know, malice. Yeah, mm. it's the lot of smoke and mirrors.
0: Wait, this is quite a good juncture for me to, to mention Saturnalia, which I have been playing for review for the last while. And I can talk about it because I think the review embargo is... When we normally post this podcast, as well, so you it's... hope
2: introduces a, a piece of dread to this podcast. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> are you going to break an embargo?
0: <laughs> it's a uh, an indie game made by an Italian developer, and it's set in a fictional Sardinian town on the night of like a folk festival, and you play a group of four kind of outsiders uh, in one way or another to the town and you don't sort of buy into the festival and stuff. And it turns out that a kind of folk monster in a mask is stalking the streets and will snatch you and run away with you and, and capture you. And the running thing doesn't work as well because you get lost in the city. Basically, you don't have a map. The, oh. the, the maps are just are what's the word digetic like they're in they're in game so you can sometimes find maps on street right. corners and stuff and and look at them but like this thing will chase you and if you run and get lost and get stuck in a corner that's it so you sort of have to try and keep your head and and it it when it's sort of following you and it doesn't sometimes the f- doesn't show up which is the worst bit, because you're always expecting him to. Is it but, like a bloke? Well, it's an it, I think, a creature. And but is it sort of bloke-shaped? It's, yeah, humanoid. <laughs> and it, it, like when it's following you, there's like a rattling kind of noise, like a shaking, rattling noise that gets louder the closer it gets. It's horrible. And, and, yeah, you can't run away. And if all four characters get got... The town shuffles and the layout of it changes.
1: So, so wait, is this co-op play?
0: No. So you can you switch between the characters. They each have different abilities, and you can sort of leave them different places around town. Oh. But yeah, if they all get got, like if one of them gets caught, you can use another character to follow like a trail of blood back to Gruesome. The, the lair. Um, but if they all get got, that you st- have you maintain the progress you have made in terms of you know puzzles in the story, but the entire map changes. So you anything you remember about which way you should run to get to a kind of safe place is now different. <laughs> it's really good, really really good.
2: Sounds a bit spookums for me.
0: It's very spookum. That is another one that I've had like every sort of half hour or so because like, you get like every time you're like right, I have to. Cross town and trying to get into the school or whatever, you're sort of amping yourself up to to leave the safe place again. So I keep having to listen to like bland, sad guitar boy music, you know, listening to like Louis Capaldi or whatever to calm myself down. Is it designed for
1: like replayability? Like it's a sort of a, a shortish sesh, or is it a long, long game?
0: I could say it's these. Made... Depending, depending on how much dithering you do, like me, maybe six hours, it's very spookums. It's And it's also free for its first week, I think, on the Epic Games Store. So you don't really have an excuse to not get it and try it unless you are ideologically opposed to the Epic Games Store, which I know some people are. Begin but, debate, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, it's so good. And it's really like it takes a lot of inspiration from films and like Italian horror directors and giallo movies and stuff. And so the look of it is amazing. Like it's, a, there's a lot of like neon colors and block colors and stuff. And it ends mm-hmm. up being more filmic than games that are made by, you know, frustrated directors. <laughs> right. Sounds sick. It's yeah, It's brilliant. Sound sickening. You?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Talking about um, Lewis Capaldi, did I, or music to calm you down? <laughs> did did I? Um, I must have told you guys the the cotton eye Joe anecdote.
0: I mean, <laughs> maybe no.
1: <laughs> I'm going to risk it for a biscuit. So uh, this comes from the the honestly, like seemingly inexhaustible uh, pot of lovely stories that was me and Ashley's Horizon Zero Dawn playthrough. I got really dreaded out by the Deathbringers, uh, which are these massive sort of war machines from the apocalyptic conflict that takes place like thousands of years before the game. And they're just like buried and stuff. And some of the, like the main idiot of the game manages to get one working again. (laughs) And you stumble across it in this, I think it's like a knackered old stadium, but like, oh, you hear it before you see it, and it really, you know, even though you've been dealing with these big dinosaurs and stuff, this is just such a big, blocky, like, horror from another time, and, like, everyone's got mythology about it, and I was just getting, I get really worked up fighting big things in games. It really worries me. It quite (laughs) upsets me. I was getting quite stressed out by this. And there was this really sort of sinister pounding music. So Ashley said, look, when I just play Cotton I Joe on repeat? You can't take anything seriously when Cotton <laughs> I Joe is being yeah. played. And it became the best boss fight of my
0: life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Instantly cheering. There you go. Dread be gone. Uh,
0: <laughs> what about then? Because um, one thing that really creeps me out in games, the places where you're like the only person and it feels like there should be other people but there aren't right so like firewatch has that a bit you mm, know firewatch where, is full of dread isn't it and and you sort of turn up and it sort of feels like some someone has just been there you know mm. everybody's gone to the rapture a lot of dread in that for me because it's like Everybody gone to the rapture is a uh, uh, you know very story heavy, and you're exploring this empty, quaint village town where basically everyone has been raptured by a strange alien presence that has turned them all into like gold dust. And so you're just walking around this empty town, and it's bright sunshine for a lot of it as well. But like, just freaked me out because it feels like there should be people there. And I found that very scary. I
2: I found I I do agree I do agree with you. But I th- I think once the once I started, you can like hear like memories of people, or mm. you can sort of see scenes playing out between them, and the kind of Archer's style voice acting, yeah, kind of like is the least scary thing I can imagine. You know, people being like, "Oh right, have you got my uh, paint there?" And then it's all kind of like, oh, "Yeah, it's." <laughs> It's, it's got a archery tone to it.
1: I mean, F- Firewatch, I thought was just, you know, you sound like you felt like people would, would just out of sight. Yeah. Like I thought I was really fascinated by that. One thing I'm, I've been thinking about recently, mainly through, for some reason, listening to readings of a load of like crap horror stories off Reddit. Uh, is the big cliche in horror writing of the feeling of being watched. Now, there's some debate as to whether that's got to do with peripheral vision or whatever. Where basically, whether it's an actual sensation triggered by something that is in our brain or whether it's it's just, you know, the mind working overtime. Mm. And, like, if it is the former, then I'm amazed that Firewatch managed to make me feel it in a simulation because I, I mm-hmm. really did feel the feeling of being watched, like, I was so convinced at so many points in that game that something was going to pop out.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: It it does very clever stuff with the, you know, you're alone, but you, you're almost in, like, constant contact with quite a friendly presence over a walkie-talkie. So, like, in yourself, you feel kind of happy and sort of supported because there's this voice there. And it, that almost like accentuates there's odd moments where you kind of catch yourself feeling quite lonely all of a sudden. And mm. when the voice isn't there, you know, or even when the voice is there, like the the contrast between I'm having a happy time on my m- microphone with like what's what's standing up on that rock or is there someone up on yeah. that rock is, is satisfyingly jarring in that game.
0: There's a game called Old Gods Rising, which is you know meant to be a horror game as well which is uh it's by bad blood studios i believe and it's it's an ex-bioware you know everyone who's worked at bioware for like 10 years plus will then leave and set up their own studio and it's a really good example of that i think because you play a history guy who basically got duped and you know wrote a book that turned out to be kind of fake or whatever and you get invited by a kind of eccentric american director to be a consultant on the film he's making and he invites you out to the location which is an old weird english university and it's holiday time so the students aren't there but you turn up and there's like a film set and there's like crew cabins and equipment and stuff but there's no one there and you kind of get glimpses of maybe people in like high vis vests, maybe like running around a corner. If you walk around somewhere fast enough, or you, you know, like you come upon somewhere and it looks like someone's just put down a coffee cup and stuff, and you start to get really paranoid. And and you find weird stuff, and you're not sure if it's like part of the set. Or if something horrible is actually happening, and where's everyone gone? And are they sort of pranking me? Am I the movie? Like, what's going mm. on? It's really, really good. Big fan of that.
1: Now, see, I'd ignored that game because I just thought it was going to be some like generic Lovecraft guff, but that sounds, yeah, that sounds
0: fun. It's the best Lovecraft ish game I think I played because it, it doesn't, it like, like I feel like a lot of Lovecraft games are like that tweet. I saw recently that was like, you know, me comprehending easily, Tentacle Guy, you know? Like, they, they always just put the monsters in it and then you're like, oh, it's a big Tentacle Guy, you know? Right. Yeah,
1: they, they shrug off their Babadook way too early.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, have you played Scorn? Oh, yeah, I reviewed Scorn, yeah. What yeah. did you think of it? I thought it was decent. I really liked the level design. The problem with Scorn was that because the puzzles are really hard, I well, I liked... I liked it a lot. I liked the level design. I liked how it didn't hold your hand. But the creature encounters were very bad. The combat was, like, bad. You needed, like, a dodge, at least. Yeah,
1: I wish but... there were no puzzles or enemies in it. I just, I just want to walk around Discovery and tour. incredibly upset at that place.
0: Yeah, because, because you were running up and down doing puzzles and stuff. In the end, yeah, I, I was just sort of like, oh, yeah, flash.
1: <laughs> oh, like the big... You know... the- the big, mo- the big sort of sad monster in the hole, which looks at you and you, ki- you think it's going to baste you, and then you realise it's just re- like well upset. Woof.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Matthew? Have you got any more dread? Oh, I got, yeah, I've
2: got a few. A, a slightly dumb one, which has has grown diminished over the years, but it was uh, like. The Ravenholm section in Half Life Two, like mm. I, I really don't like the head crabs. Like I felt like I'm kind of in, in the opposite to, to to Nate, where I don't find big things that scary because you're like, well, it's a big thing in a game. You know, you're gonna, ha- you know, you're just gonna, you know, shoot it. It's very, you know, you you, you can't miss. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm much, more, I'm much more freaked out by small skittering things and things which are you know difficult to hit and uh, you know there's uh, whether or not they're scary I don't know but I definitely found the head crab scary in in Half Life One and then the idea that you know Ravenholm is is sort of set up early as a as a bad place you know they was a the famous line is that we don't go there anymore. And you know you go there, and it's quite a, yes, it's cliched. Lots of sort of zombies bursting through things, but the again, it's more like the idea of like oh, I've got a long stretch of headcrab stuff, which I'm not going to enjoy. That fills me with a kind of dread.
0: Have you that section always annoyed me because like the last thing your man says before the radio cuts off is he, he's like, "Don't go to Rhett," and then his so <laughs> yeah, whatever is like, "We're going to have to go through Ravenholm." It's like really. Okay. <laughs> but have you heard the. There's quite famously now, I think, like people played the, the headcrab zombies' noises and moans backwards or something. Like they extracted something from the files. And if you play it backwards, it's like someone going, Oh God, help me. Oh, right.
2: So, I think yeah. you know, so it's, it's Gabe Neal going, Mmm, knives. Yeah. <laughs> Shiny, lovely knives. That, that too, yeah. <laughs> a, a, a game that gave me i think is very dreadfield is uh stories untold
0: oh yeah
2: the kind of anthology game by no code who have just announced that they're doing a silent hill game which i'm incredibly excited for because the most
0: interested i've ever been in a silent hill game
2: (laughs) yeah great match great match of like studio and and um franchise series but yeah stories untold have you played this one nate no, no, this is new to me. Tell so me all. It's, it's like an anthology game of, I think there's four parts to it. If I remember correctly, maybe the last part sort of binds it together. But they're, they're all built around interacting with some kind of machinery. So you're kind of one step removed. And they're, like the first game is you're playing a text adventure on a, on a, a, you know, a retro games machine on yeah. a TV. So you're like looking at the TV, playing like- this
0: it's all very analog right like it's, yeah everything's yeah. very very
2: analog and there's another one where you're you're at like a listening station and you know the mechanics is about looking at an instruction manual to work out how this machine works and then using the machine to kind of tune into stuff and then it, you know in each one as you master the machine things get creepier and you gradually kind of reveal all kinds of spooky things but it has that that yeah it is that kind of brilliant like analog hard switches the kind of the sort of of blurry ambiguity of a crt screen or the the kind of whir of machines it's the stuff which like you know one of the scariest things about like the ring films and the original ring is the fact that it is like vhs and you know when they're scanning through this tape there's this sort of sense of this very strange that you're kind of working with this this you know this particularly kind of tangible medium, which kind of makes it even spooky. Like something about digital and how easily digital things are manipulated—that they seem less scary to me than old, old cursed machinery. Yeah, analog
1: horror is a real big deal at the moment. I like it. Yeah, mm. for exactly those reasons.
2: Well, this is Have you... this 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 is good for that for sure. Have you played Iron Lung?
0: No. no. Oh, oh, is this... that
2: I am or Iron
1: Iron. Okay. Um, the, this is. It came out this year. I think it's an indie horror game that is astonishing. You are it, the world building is very scant. You're a prisoner who's been sort of forced volunteered to operate a submersible, very crude submersible with no windows in an ocean of blood. And you've got to go and take photographs of things, but you're navigating with these really rinky dink old dials and uh, cranks and things. And the photographs, you have to go to the back of the ship to press a button to take them, and they're just absolutely garbage. You can barely see what's there. But occasionally, your motion, your, your sensor that detects like can, uh, canyon walls and things, occasionally detects things that then subsequently aren't there. So you know there's Whoa. something big out there and it's like investigating you. And sometimes you get glimpses of it in the photographs and it's not a long game, but man, the worry. Hmm. It's, that's a huge recommend from me. Yeah. Really, really good. It does have like, there is a reveal at the end and it's okay, but like, it's the anticipation.
0: Yeah, hmm. I I want to give a shout out to some some brutalism mm-hmm. <laughs> architecture as well. So, a couple of games that I played ages ago now. There, there's one that Alice O really likes called Tonight You Die, which is just sort of walking around a kind of brutalist, almost like a a like multi-story car park kind of like you walk right. up and down and, and kind of around to the top and there is yeah a real sense of dread to that it's really short but I think like as soon as you start it you sort of know what will happen Um and another one is I think it's about an hour to play it it's called Fugue and Void and th- like that properly freaked me out like it's just a series of kind of nightmares of bruceless architecture that I really like. Did not like in a in a way that I liked. Like you know, mm. to at the start you are just on a bridge in the middle of like an ocean, and you can't see the end of the bridge, and there's nothing on either side, and you can't really see off in the distance because it's quite dark. There's another level where you cannot walk forwards you can only walk backwards through a desert towards a huge kind of squatting brutalist building uh and you can sort of occasionally turn around to check you're going in the right direction but that's really creepy because you're it because it creates the impression that the building is going to do something when you're not looking it's super it's really good a series
1: of nightmares involving brutalist architecture that I did not like is also an adequate summary of the year I spent living in Catford. Well there you go.
0: <laughs> I really like brutalism. I think it's cool. Yeah, but it's I- not
1: actually intended to be miserable, is it? It's no. just that I think they were they were building it with optimism. Yeah. Have you well, seen I'm- those ones which are I forget where it is. It gets photographed a lot. It's like a big, brutalist building with lots of terraces, and it's all overflowing with planted greenery.
0: I think, yeah, I know the one you mean.
1: See, that's that—that's it working to me.
0: I I really like the National Theatre in London. Mm. It's designed to look like a ship, but from whatever angle you look at it, kind of thing. It's really good. Oh yeah, oh. same with the Library in Birmingham. Yeah, well, I think brutalist buildings just need a better PR person.
2: They they shouldn't have let them call them call the style brutalist. That's where they went wrong.
0: What would you call it instead? Well, you know,
2: like a word that, that people like.
1: Doesn't it come from French or something? It's talking about like the raw concrete.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, but well. y- that's like, me told. You <laughs> could anglicise it and call it like lovely. <laughs> yeah. Deliciousness. Mmm. Tastyism. Don't really roots. So I think that's fine. <laughs> that's true. You do, don't you? Um, We should probably head down to the old The old Cavern of Lies
2: Speaking of dread (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Cavern of Lies
0: Mm. Oh, So it's a I believe a Nate Cavern this week
3: Well uh, Oh I
1: haven't I I forgot Sorry (laughs)
2: <laughs> My dread was well founded
1: <laughs> I, I felt real dread At that moment to the extent where I, I suggest you keep this in Just for the authenticity Ooh, Yeah, we, I meant to do one for last week And it got postponed and I totally forgot
0: What, what a jump scare That was
2: We just found a man in a cavern Looking sheepish
1: <laughs> Just got done Shrugging off his Babadook No, that's horrible. We've got to stop using
0: that. (laughs) Appear to be in a Sam Barlow game. What's that? (laughs)
1: Do do you want to do a mini game of of sorts? Do you want to do a bit of Sweeten the Deal, maybe? That's always my fallback.
0: (laughs) I mean, we could do a Sweeten the Deal as long as it takes like
1: 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, let's do one. Let's do one. Okay, it's. It's Dread-themed.
0: It's Dread-themed. Okay. While you think of something, yes. I'll quickly at least state the rules of Sweeten the Deal. Sweeten the Deal is that Nate will propose something horrible that and, and then how much money we would earn for doing it. And then we'll propose deal sweeteners to make it less horrible but in exchange we have to give back some of the money and the, the the Nate is the winner if we end up paying him to do the horrible thing <laughs> for example yep. i think one was like living on a london underground t- platform for a length of time or famously <laughs> i i did one where I was on a going on a round the world trip on a raft with Jeff Keeley, and I beat Nate because I had worked out that he hadn't offered me a toilet. Yeah, that so,
1: was going to be my final sting.
2: Yep. Yeah. So right, there one. is there is something of the elevated horror about a scenario where you go down into a cave and you just find a man who says he's gonna he wants you to, he's gonna offer you to sweeten the deal. Yeah. I, yeah. Could, I could see <laughs> what, that in one of those. Those. I
1: have a bargain for you. <laughs> Should you choose to accept?
0: Name right. is clearly a metaphor for the devil.
2: Yeah. This is Robert Eggers' new film.
1: It's been said. Okay, I'm going to start a 10-minute timer as soon as I've made the offer, right? Okay. Sweet cave. Okay, so I'm offering you a year living on the space station from Alien Isolation with the alien... The- you're both you, there's two space stations next to each other. There's two aliens and you're each in in one of them. Oh, okay. 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 And every time it gets you, you know, you feel it and it's horrible, but then you respawn somehow. Okay. So, uh, as an offering price, uh I'm going to say 1 million between the both of you. 500 grand each
0: for yeah. for a year being murdered by an alien repeatedly but not fundamentally dying Mm -hmm. i need a bit more (laughs)
2: okay one mil each
0: all right i'd take that would you take that matthew what one million
2: for a traumatizing time but at the end of the at the end of the time i've got the million i can return to earth with my million and i am alive because the alien can't kill me for good that's correct
1: yeah those are the starting parameters yeah Yeah. for
2: sure yeah
1: okay 10 minutes begins i've got to whittle you down Okay, first of all, I'm going to offer you, uh, free, like complex PTSD therapy for life afterwards with a world-leading therapist. <laughs> but that's going to take. That's going to take two hundred grand, off. So it's eight hundred k each.
0: No, I've got a million dollars. I can pay for therapy. <laughs> yeah. Good point.
1: Okay, I've grown this guy in a lab specifically to counsel you through this. He's done it himself.
2: He's done it himself. Yeah. So, so can this guy guarantee that we're mentally okay for good? No therapist
1: can do that, Matthew. But (laughs) (laughs) he can give you the tools you need.
0: I don't know. I, I I like the therapist I have at the moment. I reckon Claire could get me through. An alien.
2: <laughs> oh, I doubt she's okay. ever had to deal with that.
1: I'll knock the price down to £100,000. Uh... Just a hundo. You had 900 left.
2: I, I, like, I want to return to Earth a, a millionaire. I want to be able to say I'm a millionaire.
0: Yeah, I don't think I'm going to take it. I'm sorry, Nate. Okay.
1: One in every three times the alien comes for you. Uh, when it bites you, there's just a comedy honking sound and it starts crying and has to run away. Okay. <laughs> and that's, that's for, that's for 100,000.
0: Oh, I'll <laughs> take that. That's cutting down a third of my alien deaths. that's
1: okay.
2: I, I'm not taking uh, We're uh, We're on different deals, right? Yeah. I can't, I'm mm. not taking it. No. Like if I'm okay. gonna die, if I'm gonna die, loads. Like lessening it by a third isn't gonna. It's still gonna be harrowing.
1: <laughs> okay, you've got to keep your own tallies at this point. you yeah. can't remember both your money. Okay,
0: so I'm I'm on nine hundred k. I'm on
2: a million for basically the original. Yeah. All right. Well,
0: I, 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 I'm going to be third less harrowed than you, Matthew. I think that's a great deal.
2: See, it's a good sales tactic.
1: For hundred and fifty thousand pounds, I'll give you an indestructible video conferencing pedestal to talk to each other, uh, which you can summon from the floor at any point. If you feel you're safe for a minute and just want to to chat with your compatriot, because otherwise there's no communication between the two of you.
0: I don't know if I'm... I'll need to hear what Matthew... Matthew. Oh, great. Like...
2: Well, you basically... put This is the price you put on our
0: friendship. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like in that situation, you'd be quite a downer. I don't know if you... Well, I I don't want to hear you boasting about how you've died a third less than me. But you, did, you had the same deal as me, Matthew. You could have taken it.
2: I feel like I can't accept this because it's tied into not wanting the last deal either.
0: Yeah, right. like Matthew would be like, "Oh, well, did you get got today? And I'd say, no, today was a honk day. <laughs>
1: I'm
2: like, what's that? What's a honk day? Cause yeah, because you... <laughs> the situation.
1: Sweet the deal really gets difficult when there's two people. Okay. Yeah. Scrap that, scrap that. <laughs> I'll sell you one use cans of alien repellent for 50 grand each. How many are you going to take?
2: Well, how, many, how often does the alien get me it, across the year? That's how skilled you are. So in theory, it could get me not at all. (laughs) Because you've got a can of alien
1: repellent to hand, yes. Yeah, but I can only
2: (laughs) use that one. So I'm just trying to think if I've got the survival skills to avoid the alien without the can. Probably not.
1: I've got unlimited cans, folks. Yeah, but I've I've already cut
0: down a third, so...
1: Well, you can each make me your own offer here. You're going to want at
0: least one, Sure. I mean you can put on your salesman voice, but it's not it's not gonna make it any more true. <laughs> what about like You can't want at least one Slap's roof of spaceship <laughs> This bad boy can fit so many alien repellents in it. What about what
2: about a thousand per can? No. A thousand per can, but I'll buy three hundred and sixty-five days worth of cans.
1: Oh, <laughs> What, you're going to buy 365
2: cans? I'll buy 365 cans for grand a can, so a year's worth of alien repellent.
1: I'll make that deal with you, but I hope it doesn't come more than once a day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a play! What... what about you, Alice? This is very high level play. <laughs> 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 okay. One in every three times I'm already... Uh... No, I'm going to leave it. I'm I'm banking on the fact that I'll get used to it. <laughs> You're not even going to get one? Okay. All right, Alice,
1: I'll offer you 100 doses of morphine. Mm. Fast acting that you can take like right before you get beasted. <laughs> and I'm going to sell them to you at... Two and a half grand
0: each. Okay, no. So you're basically offering me. You're asking me to pay to become an opioid addict <laughs> by the time I, I get back to Earth.
1: Well, you got your. You got Claire to help you with that. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: she's very good. But like.
1: Okay, I'll be honest. I was going to sting you for an extra 100 grand for the <laughs> detox therapy afterwards.
0: No, I don't think I can take that because I've had morphine before and it's very good. So, I, Yeah, it is excellent. Hospital morphine is, is, is a banger and I think I'd be susceptible to it. So. All right,
1: I'll double, I'll double the price. It's non-addictive morphine somehow.
0: And so, and so, you're saying like it's guaranteed I will have time to dose myself before I get monstered.
1: Yeah, you've got a wristwatch which will inject you if you're about to be monstered. Okay. For
0: hundred hundred doses. And it will. It will not hurt. <laughs> no, it will not. Okay. How? It much... doesn't
2: trigger during the honk bites, too, does it? Because oh, <laughs> like that honking and the morphine combined might be a little bit bit much.
0: Yeah.
1: That'd be great. Yeah, it triggers during the honk bites.
0: <laughs> That's a waste, though. That's a waste of my morphine. No, you get a freebie for that. Okay, a honk bite is a freebie. How much would that cost?
1: 500 grand.
0: 500 grand?
1: Well, like, can you I... have any idea how much it costs to develop this stuff?
0: Uh, can, I, can I haggle, like, 350?
1: Yeah, okay, I'll take it. All right. All right, Jason Statham's in there. And if you play your cards right, he'll protect you. But, you know, if you play your cards wrong, you've basically now got a worse problem. Uh, <laughs> 100 grand.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd take Jason Statham for 100 grand. The he, there's only one of him. When he's gone, he's gone.
2: Yeah, but I've got, a, I've, got all, I've got a year's supply of alien repellent. If I keep Jason Statham alive, that could be worth more to me than a million pounds, because when we get back to Earth, he'll reward me.
1: I love the fact that it took you a minute and a half to agree that you wouldn't want each other's company. <laughs> a second and a half to agree you would want Statham's. Fine, damn yourselves. You have him.
2: Well, like if I save Alice, she'll be grateful, but like I don't, I don't get anything for it. If I save incredibly famous Jason Statham, I return to as yeah. a hero.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. What if we both save Jason Statham? That would be a pickle.
1: Two hundred and fifty grand. <laughs> And there's a really good pub on the space station. The alien can go in it, (laughs) but it won't hurt any of the people there, only you. (laughs) But, you know, it's a pub you can go to, and the alien won't be smart enough to work out that you'll always go to the pub.
0: How many offers has Nate made now? Because I feel like, actually, Nate's nearing the end of his, his, like... I've got
2: 1 minute left.
0: Okay. Oh okay, okay, okay. I I'm I'm currently I'm
2: currently being paid 550,000 pounds to just live with Jason Statham on a space station feeling relatively safe about the alien. How much for the pub? 250 grand. 250 grand. So I still walk away with 300 grand and I think I can make money from Statham's celebrity endorsement when I return to Earth. Yeah, I'll do it.
1: The drinks are free too.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, okay. I'll I'll take the pub as well. I think Matthew's going to win, but the pub sounds like th- that's a great.
1: Okay. For four hundred thousand pounds, you get one of the guns from Aliens with unlimited ammo.
0: Nah, no, I probably like if I I'm small and frail, I'd fall over if I tried to shoot. There's no and you know, I, there's no way. No recoil.
1: To... No recoil. So. There's no recall. Though. So I'm ba- at this fine. point,
2: I'd be paying 100 grand to live with Jason Statham, go to a nice pub. I'll give Jason Statham the gun. Oh, yes. Well, actually, no, because I need to save Jason Statham if I'm going to make money of this later. Do I invest 100 grand?
1: My time's up, so we're, this is the final offer.
0: How, how much is the gun? 400. I don't think I can take that. I've only got 200 left.
2: It's a huge gamble, but I honestly think saving Jason Statham will will is is really my end game here. <laughs> I would I, I would take it. I will pay you a hundred grand to spend a year living on a space station with an alien and Jason Statham, protecting Jason Statham for his future uh, patronage.
1: Now there's a video game idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice one. So uh, I, I win with Matthew, but Alice, you walk away. What was your final bargain?
0: 200k for <laughs> living on an alien spaceship for a year with a, with one Jason Statham who will probably die, a pub with free drinks, morphine injections, and, and one third of the time the alien comes to eat me, it honks and cries <laughs> and runs away.
1: Just imagine Jason Statham sipping his pint. Lucky that was another honk bite.
0: <laughs> I I know technically I won, but I feel like Matthew's the real winner. You know, I don't know. it depends if
2: Jason Statham repays his debts. Yeah, I don't know. Is he an honourable man? But that's probably too much for us to work out in one podcast.
0: That's Correct. a whole. That's Crank- a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> Crank Six, starring Jason Statham <laughs> and Matthew Castle. <laughs> uh, quick, let's it's- get out of this cabin.
3: <laughs>
0: All right, that was a a lovely cabin of lies that <laughs> you forgot to. Do. <laughs> All that is off now is to very quickly do some recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. Matthew, what are you recommending this week? Uh, I'm,
2: I'm recommending one of the horror films that was recommended to me that I watched and liked. It was called Lake Mungo. Ah, uh, yeah. It's a sort of a found footage film, but presented as a documentary about a girl who goes missing and then maybe haunts her family. And it, gets, it goes to quite spooky places. But what I liked about it was that it, It's incredibly believable. Like the performances feel very authentic. It really looks like a true crime documentary. It's made in 2008, so a little bit before the kind of current kind of fad for them, really. But I normally find found footage too contrived, you know, why someone holding a camcorder during Mm. the scariest two hours of their lives. But this one, the framing device, very, very convincing. I liked it a
0: lot. Very good.
1: There's a Saint Mungo as well. And I always find the name really silly. Because I just imagine like a giant brute with a microwave for a head saying "Mungo sad.
0: I always <laughs> imagine a chimp with a bow tie.
1: It... We've each learned something about ourselves.
0: Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, I'm going to recommend a horror film as well. It's the one I recommended to Matthew that he was too cowardly to watch. Um, it is um... called Possum. It is bar- directed and written by Matthew Holness, who is Garth Marenghi of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place you can only parody something if, like, well if you really like it, and he really likes horror, and he is, it turns out, a good horror creator. Um, Possum is a very bleak, grim, upsetting horror film uh, about a puppeteer who loses his job and he has to come back to...
1: Oh, this It's
0: horrendous! Uh, ...the child's home where he grew up, which is still inhabited by his horrible uncle, and the puppet in question possum is horrible and that's all i'm gonna say about that
1: yeah yeah double in that recommendation
0: check content warnings and stuff because there's some heavy themes but very good very bleak very kind of english gray horrible horror film possum nate what are you recommending this week
1: uh, so a bit lighter than, than that, but still on theme, a uh, YouTube channel I've been really wholesomely enjoying. Okay, don't laugh. <laughs> the name of the channel is Greg Bro Dude Man. Right. He's yeah. none of those things. He's a nice fellow. He's a really just pleasant, uh, normal fellow. who He's got a fear of the ocean. And he did a subnautica playthrough that got really popular. And then he had this huge following and didn't really know what to do with it. So he just has people send him upsetting or videos and photos of like ocean stuff that they think will upset him. And he just calmly reacts to it all. And yeah, he's just very I like him because he's not sought out fame at all. He just had like a nothing channel and suddenly had this huge follower base fascinated by fear of the ocean and so just every week does a video of him being slightly disconcerted by sea things <laughs> He's, i just find him really pleasant and you know i've also got a bit bit of a worry bone for the sea so it you know it's stimulating in that sense as well Ooh. just have to worry
0: the old bone Very, again. Very good. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode 205 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast. This has been our Halloween special on the best dread in games. You can find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, on TikTok as well by searching for Rock Paper Shotgun. You can join the Discord chat about games to play games with some of the community and to chat about the podcast. The link is in the show notes. You can also email us at podcast at rockpapershotgun.com and uh, I've got a couple, I think, to uh, to read out next week, but I thought I'd divorce them from the Dread podcast. Mm. (laughs) But for all of your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com but for now, and until next week, it is goodbye from me. It is goodbye from Werewolf Carlton.
2: I'm a man once again.
0: <laughs> and it's goodbye from Magistrate Worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's great. It's, it's great characterization. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.
3: Bye. <laughs>